Open your Bibles, please, if you have them. I trust you have. And maybe someone will share with you. Uh, we're opening at Daniel chapter 7. And we're staying at this uh, chapter tonight. And those of you who have been here and know that we're dealing with the Antichrist tonight and again next Lord's Day evening, and we're dealing with him in relation to uh, the EEC, uh, entitled our subject, The Beast of Brexit. Next week we'll be looking at him in a wider context, and we'll be making a suggestion or two of who it could be. We can't know, we don't know, but out there tonight there are uh, a number of people who uh, would answer to the scriptural description of him. We don't know, and I won't know, and I won't say, because we don't know. And we mustn't read anything into anything. So there's, there's so much going on today that uh, about this great subject, the beast and Antichrist, a lot of it uh, is, is, not, is not true. But it's in Daniel chapter 7 that we uh, see and we prove from Scripture. These are the Scriptures of truth. And it's from Daniel chapter 7 that we see his, his rise into Europe and into the uh, head of the European economic community. That's very plain and clear. We've been showing you that in previous nights. In this chapter, Daniel chapter 7, Daniel chapter 2. And uh, we see tonight his emerging into the uh, Brussels. And, uh, and we see also the destruction with the brightness of the coming of the Lord, which is all in this chapter 7. But before I... I do I want to, tonight, just before we go into this, uh, as way of introduction, show you some things uh, that uh, Daniel reveals about him. Uh, and I ask you to look at verse 8, at the bottom of verse 8, and I will be dealing with this chapter. But I want you to look at the bottom of verse 8. Because I suggest to you from the Word of God that he'll be an oratorical genius. He'll be one of the greatest orators that ever uh, was on this earth, apart from our Lord Jesus, and his mighty words. You see at the end of verse 8, it says, A mouth speaking great things. You hear people talking about he's a mouth. Well, this is a great mouth. And look at verse 11 of the same chapter. Uh, great words of which the horn in Scripture speaks of power. We'll show you that, that little horn uh, that Daniel saw in this chapter uh, is none other than himself, the beast. And then if you look again at verse uh, 20 of the same chapter, you'll see there that he spake very great things and a mouth that spake very great, that's blasphemous things. And again in verse 25, and he shall speak great words against the Most High 
and shall wear out the saints of God. I'm only drawing a picture to you just to get into your mind uh, to realize what sort of a, 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 a man this is. He's an oratorical genius, and there's other scriptures, many, and some in Revelation to prove that. Now turn over to uh, chapter 8 and verse 23, and we're just doing this before we take up our subject in, in Daniel 7. If you turn over to chapter 8, 23, I suggest to you he's not only an oratorical genius, but he's a political genius. And you see his mouth, now you see his might here in verse 23 of Daniel chapter 8. And in the latter times, and you need to underscore that in the latter times of their kingdom, when the transgressors are come to the full, a king of fierce countenance, this is him, and understanding dark sentences, demonic spirits will be at work with him, and he shall stand up, and his power shall be mighty. Not almighty, but mighty. His power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. You see, he's the devil incarnate. And he shall destroy wonderfully, and shall prosper, and shall practice and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. That's the Jews. And through his policy also he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand, and he shall magnify himself in his heart. Now watch this phrase. I tell you, he's a political genius. By peace, peace shall destroy many. That's an awesome phrase, and if you study it, you'll find out that to be so. He shall also stand up against the prince of princes. That's our Lord Jesus. But he shall be broken without hand. So I'm just drawing the picture now for you. He's an oratorical genius. He's a political genius that can do these things even in these verses, and there's so many more regarding him. Now I want you to turn uh, over again to chapter 11. But I suggest to you he's a military genius. Chapter 11 and verse 36. We looked at his mouth, we looked at his might. Now we look at his mind. To the mind this boy has. Verse 36 of the 11th of Daniel. And the king shall do according to his will. He'll not be reined in by anybody. It'll not be the will of man or the will of God. It'll be the devil's will. He'll do his will. And he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god. Some think that he may be a Muslim. I don't know. But he'll exalt himself above every god and shall speak marvelous things against the God of gods, that Jehovah, and shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished, for that that is determined shall be done. Now watch this. Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers. 
Some think he may be a Jew. Now watch this verse. Nor the desire of woman. Of course, the devil hates women. Right from the very start, because Eve, we know what happened there. And because a woman, a woman brought forth the Christ child, and women has always been a target of the enemy, that may be one reason that this here is. But he may be a sodomite. He may be a homosexual. No desire, he has no desire of women, nor regard any God, for he shall magnify himself above all. But in his, in his estate shall he honor the God of forces. Now, if you have a marginal reference there, it'll read munitions. And the God whom his father knew not shall he honor with gold and silver and with precious stones and pleasant things. Thus shall he do in the most strongholds with a strange God, whom he shall acknowledge and increase with glory, and he shall cause them to rule over many, and shall divide the land for gain. And I suggest that he's a military genius. That word munitions means army, means weapons means weapons of war. And as I speak, the Antichrist has to have an army. And he will have an army. And one of the great, greatest armies of all, north, south, east, and west, that will emerge in Armageddon will be the army from the west. And Mr. Macron uh, from France, there he's the one that's uh, heading this as far as Europe is concerned, he's pushing this. They've, all, they've already given a name for the army, this European army that they're going to have. Eurocorps. They have the numbers of soldiers and airmen and all the rest that they, have, they want to reach a target of. It's planning. They're planning it at the moment. They're not saying very much about it, but it's been planned at the moment. So the devil will have an army to back him when he moves into Jerusalem for the kill at the end of the tribulation period. I only showed you these things to get it into your mind what you were dealing with here. This is not fantasy. The beast is not some computer. I heard someone saying the beast is just a big computer uh, that will be fired into the fire and burnt. Not, nothing of the sort. It is a man, and we'll prove this to you without any doubt tonight, next Sunday night, and other nights if it takes it, because we're keeping on at these meetings. And we're going to expose the, the Antichrist. Now turn back to Daniel chapter 7, and open your Bible there, and give me your attention, please. Since the days of Adam... It has been estimated that 108 billion human beings have been born on planet Earth. There's approximately 7 billion of that number alive today. However, by whatever standards of calculation you may use or anybody else may use tonight, 
There never has been a man among them apart from the Lord Jesus Christ as the one whom which we're talking about. The one that very soon is going to be released and revealed into the mix in Europe. I was going to say appear, but that wouldn't be right because he has already appeared. We don't know who he is, and if you're saved, you'll not know who he is. Because if you're saved tonight before this man is revealed, the Word of God plainly teaches, and I will show you, before he, he is revealed, we shall be raptured and taken out. Every born-again believer, I hope you're saved tonight and ready to go, for it could happen now. This man's name, as we have been saying, is Antichrist, the man of sin, beast, 666, the wicked one, the king of fierce countenance, six of the 15 names given to him in the Word of God. And I say this with conviction in my heart and from studying the Word of God and watching world affairs, and I'm not a prophetical scholar, but somewhere tomorrow morning, probably in some city in Europe, he'll rise He'll shower. He'll watch the news on his iPad or laptop. He'll take his briefcase and he'll commute his way to some office block, some government establishment, or some business consortium. He's charismatic, as we see. He's charming. He's young. He's good-looking. And he's extremely clever. He, he, may be, he may be active in politics. He may be an admired world leader that you're watching every day. He may be the head of some multinational cooperation. He may be a university professor, an international banker, a lawyer, a sports hero. Or he may arise from total anonymity. Whoever he is, and wherever he is at this moment, there are many things that we don't know. But there's many things that we do know from this book. And one thing is this. He will have an insatiable passion for world dominion and world power. Nothing will stand in his way of world supremacy. He will be the Nimrod whom he foreshadows, the Alexander the Great, the Charmian, the Mussolini, the Hitler, all into one. And some of these days he's going to be selected to the post of the President of the United States of Europe and Brussels. His seat number awaits him, number 666. He will be the devil incarnate. He will be the indoctrination of pure evil. The Neomanti means against Christ. But it also means, and sometimes we miss it, it also means to be like Christ. Christ who is good and clean and pure and holy and righteous. He'll set himself up as one, as Christ. Christ. 
He'll perform miracles. He'll raise the dead. He'll be called a king. He'll have a throne. Men will fall at his feet and worship him. He'll come on a white horse and many other things. Exactly as Christ did. Within a short time of him taking up his tenure in Brussels on the 13th floor, he will be eulogized, glorified, deified, worshipped. Men and women will fall at his feet and scrape underneath him simply because he'll immediately have the answers to the situation and the situations that globally people can't answer tonight. The backstop border will be no problem to him. He'll settle the Israeli-Palestine by making a peace treaty with the Jews. We know that's very clear in the Word of God for seven years. He'll settle the Russia and the Crimea problem, the Indian and the Pakistan problem, the North and South Korea, Spain and Gibraltar, refugees, the refugee debacle, the LFS carry on in France. He'll have answers for all, all the situations because he's, he's the devil incarnate. And remember, and I said this this morning, remember this, remember what Jonathan Edwards said, the devil was trained in heaven. He was cast out of heaven. And he knows the workings and the intricacies and everything else. And he knows how to handle situations. He knows how to handle men. And he'll, be, he'll have this great power that he'll know more, so many things. He'll be able to tell people, do this, do that, go this way, don't do that. That'll work, that'll work. And it'll all happen. Drugs and suicide and stabbings and mass shootings, which he's, whipped, which he's whipping up into a frenzy. He'll call his demons to heal. The mosque murders and the school shootings and the stabbings will cease for a period. Revelation tells us three times in one chapter that he will be assassinated with a fatal wound. He'll be certified dead and he'll come to life. And billions and billions will watch it and they'll be mesmerized. This is the Messiah. And that's what he wants. And it says they all wondered after the beast. Jesus Christ himself said, the days that are going to come when this man is upon earth, he says the like of has never been seen in this earth. The last three and a half years of his reign will make these days just a picnic party. Third of the world's population will be destroyed. It's all in this book. But my friend, listen, there's one other mighty truth before we look at this in Daniel 7. There's one other mighty truth, and it's this. Before he is revealed... Before the explosion of evil that's going to come that we read in the Revelation. Before he comes, 
This Word of God tells me that the church of Jesus Christ will be gone. She will be raptured. She will be snatched away. She will be taken out. Listen to the Apostle Paul. My friend, no signs or anything have to happen before Jesus comes to the air. The coming of the Lord is in two stages. He's going to come to the air any moment. And he will not be revealed as man until we go. And my friend, they're all looking for him tonight. Paul says, the Lord shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God and the dead in Christ. Come on now. Some of you have an old mother buried. And well, you know she was saved. Well, you know she prayed for you. And you're not saved yet tonight. Well, you're going nowhere. Only to take the mark of the beast. And if you don't, you'll take your head off. The dead in Christ, that old mother, that old father, that wee child that you laid down into the grave. Paul says the dead in Christ shall rise forth, and we which are alive and remain, the believers in this meeting tonight, alive and remain, we shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. It could happen now, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. That's how quick it'll be, not the wink of an eye, in the twinkling of an eye. Jesus is coming, and he's coming soon. The trumpet shall sound. You're not ready tonight. You have a loved one in the glory. Their bodies in the ground and their souls in the glory. And we're going to meet up. We're going to be united together. You'll never see them again. You heard the gospel time and time again. You heard this message preached time and time again. Harvest past, summer's end, but you're not saved. You're not saved tonight, son. You'll never see your mother again. You'll never see your father again. You'll never see your brother again. This is the great blessed hope the Bible talks that we have a blessed hope. It's great to have a blessed mighty hope in these dark, evil, and wicked days when all hell's breaking loose around us. These are only the birth pangs that you're seeing. These are only the contractions that's what it's likened to. That's what Jesus likened to it in the days leading up to this. Just the birth pangs, the contraction, getting worse, getting worse, they're getting worse. Look at what happened in New Zealand. And it's getting worse, my friend. And it's getting worse. We're in the last days. We're in the dark days. It can't go on forever. And the unsaved man and the Catholic man and woman on the street will tell you something's going to happen. And something's going to happen. And we'll be dealing some night with the rapture and what's going to happen. And I'll tell you, once the church, the salt of the earth and the light of the world, bad and all as we are at times, the scene's going to change dramatically. I wonder should he burst the clouds now? I wonder should the sound of the trumpet come now? 
Would you go? Or would you be left behind to face this Antichrist? For the moment the church goes, he will be revealed. Before that night, he could be in Brussels. Revealed. That's how close we are. And if you have any argument with the Word of God, just come. Come and let us hear what you have to say. Some of these days he's going to come. They're all looking for him. We, 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 we showed you last week where the ex-Prime Minister of Belgium says, send us a man. We need a man in Brussels. Send a man. We don't want any more committees. We don't want any more teams. We don't want any more organizations. We want a man. Let him be a god or a devil. Send him. She look at them in Westminster. Do you think if some fellow stepped on the scene tomorrow morning and cured this whole Brexit business, do you not think they'd worship him? Of course they would. Let him be a god. Let him be a devil. One of the Protestant leaders of our churches said, let him be the Pope. Let the Pope come. He'll do a good job. Let him be Muhammad. I heard some man saying in, in, in the news the other night, he said, we're in the greatest crisis in Britain that we were from the Second World War. Britain's in the greatest crisis than in the Second World War. When Neville Chamberlain came from Munich, from the conference in Munich, and shook the bit of paper and got up onto the Buckingham Palace with the, with, the, with the royal family and shook the bit of paper and said, Peace for our time. And only for Churchill. I don't know where we'd be tonight. We're in dark, evil, wicked days. They're looking for him. Well, I'm not looking for him. And glory to God, I'm not looking for him. And I don't want to see him. I've had enough trouble with his demons down over the years. I'm looking for the, for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing. We're not told to look for the cellar. We're looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. He's going to take us out and save us from all that's common. Let them look for him if he likes. For the seven years that he's reigning down here and deceiving and destroying, I shall be in the glory with my Savior. I shall walk the streets of gold. I shall unite with my old mother who I saw saved before she died. I'll see my brother who went out suddenly into, the, in, into eternity a couple of years ago. And I'll see the saints of God and I'll see the angels and the seraphims and the cherubims. And oh, my God, I'll see him above all who delivered me, who saved me, who set me free, who washed me, who cleansed me, and who every day protects me and blesses me and provides for me glory to his name. He is not one of you saved tonight. Glory to his name. I'm going to see him and be with him for all eternity. That's who I'm looking for. Now, get your eyes on chapter 7. Now, don't get discouraged or put off with these visages and images. 
and Daniel, Glenel and Glenda will be putting up an image here and uh, we had it up on previous nights and it'll be before you to look at it, it'll help you maybe a little bit. Don't get, don't get taken up with these images and visions, beasts and bears and eagles and horns and seals. What we have here is a similar vision that Daniel saw in chapter 2 that we looked at last week and the week before. The imagery is different, but the prophecy is the same. We're going to see again here as we come down this tonight, we're going to see again the revived Roman Empire, the United States of Europe, the common market, whatever they like to call it. We're going to see it depicted from a different angle here. And then we'll further see the beast and the Antichrist emerging amongst them. And then we'll take that on next week, God willing. You see, verse 1 says, In the year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and a vision. Belshazzar is now on the throne of Babylon. You know about him, he was the king that called the night of debauchery and drinking and the thousand white women and the handwriting came on the wall. This is the boy here. Look at verse 2. Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold the four winds of heaven. Now notice that. The four winds of heaven strove upon the great sea. Now that's, there's other scriptures that will show us, we're not turning to them tonight, that the great sea is a Mediterranean sea. And all these Gentile powers that we have been dealing with and coming down just tonight to deal with the last one, Rome, can I say to you, they all bordered, they're all territory around the Mediterranean Sea. So it's the Mediterranean. Now in the scripture, the sea is symbolic of the world. And there are many references to that, and the one probably they know best is that the wicked are like a troubled sea casting up its smiling dirt. So out of the world, Daniel's vision, out of the world, he sees something coming. Now I want you, I want you to say this. Watch what it says about the wind. And behold, the four winds of heaven strove upon the great sea. The four winds, north, south, east, and west. It wasn't some turmoil. The world's in some turmoil tonight. I tell you, if you have the four corners of the earth, the winds blowing on one sea, in one part of the Mediterranean Sea, I'll tell you there's chaos. And let me tell you something else, and just a wee word for the global warming boys. This storm come from heaven. I don't need to join the G28 in Davos and Switzerland to tell me to study where the tornadoes or the snows or the storms or the rains or the frost comes from. The Word of God tells me that He created all. The Word of God tells me that He controls all and He sustains all. Do you know what I was reading the other day? And let me say this. And I know that these messages are, have a far wider audience than here. 
And I'm glad people are listening to the prophetic message again. I was reading the other day in 1421, there wasn't a speck of ice in the North Pole or Alaska. And the temperature was 3% warmer than it is now. And the world didn't end. These global warming boys are pushing this new world order. They're all back, back, they're all back in Satan and they don't know it. I tell them tonight, he sendeth the storm and the snow and the rain, and he gathereth the wind in his fist. He spoke, and Galilee calmed. He spoke, and the Red Sea stood up. Storms in Scripture speak about many things. They speak about judgment. And judgment is upon our land and upon our nation. When you see the story of Jonah when he rebelled against God and turned and went his own way and said to God, I'm not doing, I'm not going your way. I'm going my own way. And God threw the storm over the Mediterranean and threw him into the belly of a fish. You can't fight with God, sir. He's the eternal sovereign God over all things. And God in his anger, and God is angry. I used to visit an old woman in the nursing home there in, at the inn in the park, and she, she used to, an old godly praying woman, she used to say to me, Mr. Johnson, God is angry. God's angry tonight. He's angry with the wicked every day. And I tell you, tornadoes and storms and fireballs and all the rest can come. And sometimes they come because of the judgment of God upon a nation, upon a town, upon a people. Jesus said in the last days, remember now I'm speaking about the Creator Himself, He said in the last days, the sea and the waves shall roar, tsunamis, And there's spiritual storms. And there's some believers here tonight, and you know what it is to be in the teeth of the gale. Many a blast has hit you. Many a time the devil and his demons have attacked you. You know what it is to be in the storms in marriage, in health, in family. But glory to his name, he doesn't test us more than we can bear. And then suddenly the master of the sea says, peace be still, and calms the storm. You've experienced that, haven't you? Now out of this raging, roaring sea, look at verse 3. And four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another, Daniel saw these four great beasts, all different. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. That's Babylon. That's where we were last week. Only last week it was described as the head of gold. 
This was the first world empire, the Babylonian Empire. He's the same ruler, but it's being described in, in a different way. The greatest of all metals, gold, is describing it here as the greatest of all beasts and birds, the lion and the eagle. Watch it, watch it, like a lion and like an eagle. Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar was like a lion. He roared through the nations, conquering all before him, building his great kingdom. And never forget this, capturing Jerusalem and taking the Jews into bondage. And anybody ever touches God's people, touches the apple of his eye. And as the eagle flew high for a while, we're told here that the wings were clipped or plucked. Verse 4, they were plucked, and he was brought down from his high perch. And it says the lion became a man. You see that? God humbled him, took his great kingdom from him, and he only reigned 66 years. And you know the story, and if you want to go back to chapter 4 of Daniel, you see that God put him out like an animal to eat grass, like a beast. And his nails grew as birds' claws. Now listen to this. And his hair like eagles' feathers. God can bring a man down. He can bring a nation down. He can bring a people down. And he can humiliate them. This great Babylon, he said, that I have built. He built nothing. He's just a leaf in God's wind. And Daniel here is showing us that he sees this Babylonian empire coming up out of the sea. And then verse 5. And behold, another beast, the second that could bear. That was the Medes and Persians. The Medes and Persians' kingdom, chest of arms and silver, gold. Chest of arms and silver. And silver is inferior to gold. You see, we're coming down at this from the superior to the inferior. You're coming down to the dust. To the clay. The bear is inferior to the lion. The lion came roaring and the bear came slowly, silently, devouring all flesh. We haven't time to go into these verses, but you read it. This is mighty picture, I tell you, of the Medes and Persians, a double kingdom. And they fell after 208 years. They took Babylon, and they themselves was taken. Look at verse 6. And after this I beheld, and lo, another like a leopard, belly and thighs of brass. And we, we pointed this out, Alexander the Great. The leopard was known for speed, sprung nation after nation after nation until it conquered the whole world, wiped out Darius the Mede. And at 30 years of age, Alexander the Great died with a fever. 
a drunken fever. 163 years therein. Now look at verse 7. This is where we're after tonight and we haven't, we have a wee bit yet. Verse 7 and 9. This talks of Rome, the Iron Kingdom, the most brutal, the most wicked of all the world empires. This is number four. This is the last one. It's not the last one. There's another one to come, and it's God's kingdom. The new world order has to come, and will only come under under our God and our Savior and our Lord. Verse 7, And I saw in the night vision, behold, a fourth beast. Watch this. Dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly. Had great iron teeth. Rome was known as the Iron Kingdom for, uh, I think, 90 times the word iron is used in Scripture. talks about armies. The great armies of Rome. And they stamped and breaking pieces and stamped the registry with the feet and it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it. And it had ten horns. Now, watch this. And I considered the horns. And behold, there came up among them another little horn. I tell you, horn in Scripture speaks of power. Daniel sees this vision in the Mediterranean. He sees these, these emperors coming and he sees them going. And he sees this last one, he sees this, this mighty Roman empire. And let me tell you this, whenever, Paul, whenever Daniel prophesied this, that Rome was just a wee village on the banks of the Tiber. But God showed him what's going to happen down through the years, and yet what hasn't happened yet for us. This is the prophetical word of God. You see, dreadful and terrible, verse 7, strong, exceeding, iron teeth, devoured, breaking pieces, stamped the register, as was diverse from all these, ten horns. I considered the horns, and behold, they come up with them, a little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. Other scriptures, even in Daniel, and even Revelation tells us that the, this, this here, of course, is this this man rising, you'll see now, if you want to see if he's the man, you have already read it to you, <coughs> plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this, in, this, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of man, and a mouth speaking great things. This is him. Where is he rising? He's rising up into the midst of the revived Roman Empire. You see, Rome never was defeated. All the rest of them were defeated. One defeated the other. But Rome never was defeated. She fell from within with immorality and, 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 and schisms and contentions among themselves, and she scattered. But she never, she never was defeated. They talk about the revived Roman Empire. The restored Roman Empire, they're still mentioned. That's what they're saying. They're but because the Roman Empire is still there. It's not finished. This one was never destroyed yet. And it'll not be destroyed. This whole business that's gone on will be destroyed.
he, he, he could see this very, very plainly happening. He could see this brutal and wicked, awesome people. The Roman Empire is being revived at this moment because the feet and the toes, let me say again, the feet and the toes, the legs are the legs of iron, speaks of Rome. And the feet and the toes are are iron and clay mixed together. And that's what you're seeing. And they cannot stick the Word of God. We'll go back into Daniel 2. So the, the Word of God says they cannot tick, stick, they cannot gel, they cannot glue together. They won't and they don't. And they're not. Bureaucrats and Democrats. The dictators and the bullies of Rome. It's what you're seeing these days. All gearing together, all closing in together for one world government, for one United States of Europe, led by one man, the devil's deputy, Spurgeon called him. And they don't see it and they don't know it. And they went away and they built that place in Brussels after the, the figure of the uh, Nimrod's Tower of Babel. And the, and, the, and the stamps that they're sending out is the Revelation 13, the beast riding the her. That's the stamps of them. They don't know what they're doing. But they're fulfilling prophecy every day and every hour. And they're dictating in Brussels. And they have the whole thing in confusion. And the devil's working behind it. And he's waiting on his cue. And he's going to get it some of these days. They're going to have to give in some of these days. They're going to fold. They're humiliated. They're humiliated. Rome ruled 644 years. The half of the image is given to them, six verses in Daniel, and number of verses in other places. And the whole concentration of this man is on the toes and on the feet that have never been destroyed. And you see the stone there? That's the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll be showing you that, that a stone made without hands is going to smash it when he comes in his glory. And we're going to close with that now. He's going to smash it. This awesome, wicked kingdom. Making one drive at the moment. So many of those different men. So many of them, I just, Macron and, and them other boys in different counties of, uh, nations of Europe. This is their one and only goal. God's going to destroy this Roman government. I tell you, Rome has a lot to answer for. It was Rome brought in crucifixion that crucified my Savior. It was Rome that beheaded John the Baptist. 
It was Rome that beheaded the great apostle. James, the brother of John, with the sword. Nero burnt the city of Rome to say himself, and he blamed the believers, and he fiddled while Rome burnt. Thousands of people were entertained at the Colosseum as men, women, and children and families were thrown to the lions. Out of the ten Nero, Nero, out of the ten Caesars, nine of them persecuted the church. There's a day of retribution coming. They wrapped men, women, and children and families in straw and poured flammable liquid on them and set them on fire. They danced and they caroused with the light of the flames. Imperial Rome has a lot to answer. And yes, I must say this tonight. So has ecclesiastical Rome. And every young boy that soaked his pillow and bit the sheets in fear of predators and in fear of being raped and being raped. There's judgment coming. Tell you to be better that a millstone was hung round their necks. The head of, go- head of gold gone. The chest of arms and silver's gone. The belly and thighs of brass is gone. The legs and iron, the, the, the feet and the, and, the, and, and the toes are still with us. You're seeing them every day. Now, I don't know what the ten are. I don't know whether ten kings or ten kingdoms. I don't know what they are, and I don't really care what they are. But there's going to come an end to it very soon. This beast was different from all other beasts. Daniel saw it. Now I want you to put your eyes on verse 9. And then we're finished. Because it seems to me here as I read this when Daniel was so taken up with all these empires and all these beasts and all these kingdoms, it seems that God said to me, he said, Daniel, lift up your eyes and look up. And Daniel looked away to another throne. Verse 9, I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit. Now listen, he saw a person, the Ancient of Days, the Everlasting Father, the Eternal God. He saw a person in the midst of all this, and he saw a throne. And notice this, that he was sitting upon the throne. The Lord was sitting upon the throne. And he's not in confusion tonight, and he's not running mad tonight. He's sovereign. He knows all that's happening. Lift up your eyes, believer, as we close this meeting, and look up to another throne, a throne that can never be destroyed, a throne that can never be defeated. 
See the, tro- see the person, see the posture, see the purity, and whose garments was as white as snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool. See the people. Oh, I'm amongst these people here. Glory to God. And so, believer, you will be. See, the, see, see how loving God is shooting this in by the Spirit into the midst of this. And all this is going on around us today. He wants us to get a rise of Brexit. He wants us to get a rise of the beast. He wants us to get a rise of Europe. He wants us to get a rise onto the king upon the throne in all his purity and all his sinfulness and all his loveliness and all his power and all his might. Verse 16, a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousands of thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I shall be there. I shall be one of them. Verse 13, I saw then in the night vision, behold, one like the Son of Man. Our Lord Jesus coming with the clouds of heaven. And came to the ancient days and the brought him near. And there was given unto him dominion and glory and the kingdom and all people, languages, should serve him forever and forever. Look at verse 11. And behold, then, because of the voice of the great words with the horn pig, I beheld even till the beast was slain and his body destroyed and given to the burning flame into the lake of fire. Revelation very clearly depicts all this to us, and we'll be covering it another night. Listen, believers, listen. The Son of Man is coming. He's coming with the saints to reign. He has taken us out seven years. All this hell will break loose across the world. This man will go for world power. He'll gain world power. He'll bring his armies in to destroy the Jews. And then... The Son of Man shall appear from heaven and the saints with him. And Jude says, and thousands, ten thousands of his saints shall come with him. We'll be coming with him. He has to come for us, for us to come with him. And he shall put down the armies, the north, the south, and the east of the west. China, with her 200 million, will surround Jerusalem. And they'll come from the north. Russia, they'll come from the west, the Antichrist leader. They'll come from the east, they'll come from the west, they'll come from the south. And then the clouds will burst someday. And our Lord Jesus and the saints come with them. And the stone made without hands. Man had nothing to do with Christ. Stone made without hands will smash the toes and the feet and pulverize them into dust. And he'll take the false prophet and he'll take the beast and he'll take the old serpent, the dragon, the devil. The Bible says he'll cast them in to the lake of fire. And Jesus shall reign where'er the sun does his successive journeys run. Lift up your head and look up. Listen, if you're not saved tonight, don't leave this meeting. Go out with the crowd. Come down the side. There'll be nobody down this side. Come down the side. There's a wee room here. 
Get right with God tonight. Get your sins forgiven tonight. Get ready for Jesus coming again and go to be with him and see your loved ones and walk the streets of gold and be there to come back with them to rule and to reign. In 1,000 years, we'll deal with the millennium some night. 1,000 years, there'll be no war. There'll be no sickness. There'll be no death. There'll be no disease. And this old world will be ruled by our Lord Jesus Christ, the same as it was in the Garden of Eden. And there'll be no devil or no demons. Oh, I tell you, and the lion shall lie down with the lamb. And the child shall put his hand, the word of God says, into the wasp's nest and not be stung. And the very dog shall not bark. It's coming. So this old book tells me it's coming. Come back next Sunday night. Bring your Bible with you and bring others with you until we unfold and unlock more of these great prophetical truths. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the attention tonight. We thank you for the listening tonight. We pray, Lord God, our Father, that you will speak on tonight through the mighty prophetical word of God. Lord, thou knowest just now where people stand. You know where they are. You know what they're trusting in tonight, Lord. We pray, Lord, that they'll that they'll be wise. That they'll not put it off another day. That they'll come to Christ tonight. Bless thy word for Christ's sake. Amen.